0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet. It's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Before we get started today, I think as most of you know, I run the website VandySports.com. We are having a special promo right now. A year's subscription is normally $99. That price has not changed in 20 years right now, and I've never seen this before at the network. For $20.21, you can get a full year of all of our work at VandySports.com. Lots of stuff there that's not in the podcast. You get access to the War Room. You get access to our premium content. Anyway, go to VandySports.com. When you sign up, use the promo code RIVALS2021. I think you'll love the content. You'll be glad you did. Now, let's get on to our interview with Sam Phelan. He's our new basketball writer. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview Sam brings a lot of insight, so let's get right to our interview with Sam Phelan. We welcome to the show a first-time guest, and this will not be his last appearance. He's Sam Phelan; he's our new basketball writer. Really thrilled to have him with us. Really thrilled to have him on the show today. Sam, how are you doing, sir?
1: Good, Chris. Uh, yeah, been happy to uh, join, kind of on the press side of things with some of my write-ups, but uh, the podcast form this time around. And I, yeah, I. I love this a little bit more, so uh, I'm, I'm excited.
0: You're a versatile man, I hear.
1: You, you know, some could say, uh, but yeah, this talking. <laughs> I just I, I've said have talked <laughs> my head off since I was a boy, so uh, I can talk for hours if I need to.
0: Well, tell folks a little bit about who you are first.
1: Uh, yeah, so I'm currently... Uh, I mean, you obviously know Chris, but I'm, I'm a college senior right now. Um studying sports media, grew up in the Chicagoland area, but um, always kind of had a passion for college basketball specifically. It's one of my favorite sports. I played college baseball for a little bit. So I, I ha- have a love for baseball as well. Um, and really just have been wanting to get involved in the sports world since I, I was a, a young boy. Um, like i said chicagoland area big bears fan big chicago white Sox fan those were kind of my teams growing up and then as i've gotten into nashville since i've been down here for school um really just throwing myself all the way into the nashville sports culture and appreciating everything the fan bases down in, in nashville and the tennessee area have to offer it's a uh, way different down here in sec country but Yeah, I have a passion for writing, have a passion for speaking and covering sports. I love to be around a team and I love engaging with a fan base. Um, I'm never somebody that's going to sugarcoat things. You know, I'll call things how they are and uh, and be brutally honest when we need to be brutally honest. Luckily, so far with Vandy, uh, we haven't had to be too critical thus far um, like we have in years past for fans. But uh, yeah, some good things to look for.
0: Yeah, and and before we go further, what's your opinion of Jay Cutler?
1: I, you, I mean, I'm a Jay Cutler super fan. He's sick. That's smoking Jay. That's that's my favorite. He's my favorite NFL quarterback of all time. Um, I just I grew up in Chicago. Like I said, Bears fan. Jay was our quarterback, and in Chicago, you either loved Jay or you hated Jay. And I oh. always loved Jay. Um, I think his brand was was so just. Waggy, and I, I just i love everything about him. I watch all he could talk about anything, and I would listen. I love his new podcast. Um, he is a guest on some of the podcasts I'm a regular listener of as well, and I like to tune in. Um, uh, big fan of him, big fan of uh, his work. I, I enjoy he talks about uh, spotted cow beer in Wisconsin, just anything Jay Cutler endorses. I, I endorse. I think uh, he is he's my favorite, that's my guy.
0: Yeah, I had a lot for Jay too. He sure was fun to cover. Uh, let's talk hoops. What are your impressions of this team six games in?
1: Um, honestly, I think it's uh a little bit difficult to gauge, and I think a lot of fans are probably struggling with that. And uh, you know, being in the arena for all the home games and watching and talking to the players, it's hard for me to gauge as well too. We've seen, I mean, just as recently as Mississippi Valley State, how how dead they can look at times in that first half. And the VCU game was a tough watch. And then we see some of their performances like against Winthrop or the second half against Mississippi Valley state, where they just light it up. And you're looking at a team that, um, you know, beat Pitt on the road by 16 and looks like they can be a contender in the SEC and maybe make a push for a postseason tournament. But I do think that there are um, obviously the defense is good. They miss Liam Robbins and Rodney Chapman a lot, and I that's something that Stat continues to talk about in every post game press conference. Just looking at the offense and some of the lulls in the offense, Scotty turning the ball over a little bit too much. You're relying on Studi and Jordan Wright to to make big shots, and I think they just they lack that post presence that I think Liam will bring when he comes back. But for six games in to sit five and one, and look at the way their defense has played. I do think they can compete in the SEC, and I think they'll only get better as some of these guys get more acclimated and some of their guys get healthier.
0: Defense, let's start there because it's been good. Uh, Last, well, the six games so far, here's what they've allowed. 72, 60, 48, 63, 52, and 36. Now, not a lot of elite offensive teams in that group. You might say none, but you can only do what is in front of you. What have you seen that you have liked on that end?
1: It's just active hands for me. Active hands and good hustle on defense. They're aggressive uh, from the first game uh, to to the most recent game. But when they first came out against Alabama State, it was a lot of traps. As soon as they brought the ball across into the front court, here um, just looking at team rosters, you got four guys averaging over a steal per game, and Lawrence Studi, Wright, and Pippen. That's four of your five starters melora brown averaging a block per game they have active hands they they force the ball out of the offense's hands they make them move the basketball and they force mistakes seventh ranked uh, in the country and points per game uh points allowed per game rather and fifth ranked in the country and field goals allowed per game they've just done a really good job that the team hasn't before and and I was talking to stack about it just after the last game. He was saying these guys being here in year two, year three, now getting more comfortable with each other. They really turn their defense into offense, but they, they've crashed the boards. Well, they've had active hands really well, getting into passing lanes. And some of these division one teams, especially when you're playing these mid rate mid majors and these uh, less prestigious schools, they're going to make mistakes if you force them to make mistakes um, and they've just used their speed and their athleticism really well on the defensive end.
0: This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody, call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore athletics. His support as the title sponsor for season seven is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. Offensively, there have been some lulls. I think the defense has been ahead of the offense so far, which is a real surprise. That's the opposite of what it's been the first two years under Jerry Stackhouse. I know that when we sat up in the press box for the Alabama State game, you could even see some little cracks in execution then. What is it that you're seeing that needs to be improved on? Where do you think they can realistically improve?
1: One of the things that I, I noticed early on, and it's gotten a little bit better recently, but I continue to say to myself regularly is being a little bit more unselfish with the basketball and and making the extra pass. They came out really hot again. When they, when they made those early shots against um, Mississippi Valley, they, they were making extra passes and getting open threes. And uh, when you and I sat up there, we noticed a few times just on the fast break, even you get a steal, you're on the break, you've got the numbers, Make the extra pass. A lot of guys trying to, to get a shot up through contact to get a contested shot up when there's another guy cutting fill in the lane with, with an open, uh, open lane. But, yeah, they also got to fill the lane a little bit more. And that they need a little bit more motion on offense. I think they've struggled relying too much on the three, and uh, that's something that has not been there. Trey Thomas has struggled from behind the line. Scotty has not been very efficient behind the line. Tyron Lawrence hasn't been a great shooter from the floor either, and and three of those guys taking a majority of your shots, they they just haven't executed behind the three point line. So you you need to get more more motion towards the basket, more cutting lanes, more more two point attempts. I've liked Jermaine Mann. Jordan Wright has taken a huge step forward this year and 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 been maybe the best player and most consistent player on offense, which nobody really saw coming. And Miles Studi has shown that he can he can get hot quickly. But Miles Studi made all his shots when it was extra passes, filling the lane, breaking down the defense. So I just think they need more motion to the basket and being a little bit more unselfish with the ball. Scotty's been a little out of control, um, and, and that's kind of been contagious around a lot of the offense.
0: Yeah, Scotty also has not shot the ball like we're used to seeing him shoot. it. He's 28.6% behind the line. More surprisingly, 708 from the foul line. I presume that's just a statistical fluke a few games in, uh, but I don't know if it's that or he's feeling the pressure of, of the weight of being the league player of the year. But that's one thing that I guess you can look at it two ways, Sam. You can say he's not been what I think we thought he would be, but you can also say, well, we've seen an upside well beyond what he's showing now in their 5-1 and one with that anyway. Now, granted the the schedule's not been a killer schedule, but again, I I think it, it, it's very interesting. I'd be interested to hear how you process that. That is a good way to put it, I guess.
1: I mean, I think the way I would look at it and I do look at it would just be, it's only going to get better. Um, Scotty has not been himself. He's not been the, the preseason SEC player of the year that he was named just a few weeks ago. Um, and there's a few reasons for that that you can look at, and um, I'm sure if you ask a couple different people, they might give you different reasons. I think it comes down to, like you said, maybe a little doing a little bit too much, and Jordan Wright has stepped up. But Scotty's taken 12 shots per game, and only seven of those are two-point attempts. So he's he's taken a good amount of threes. They're just not falling for him, and I think he's lacking that interior post presence. Quentin Malora Brown does – a few things well and helps the team but he's just not the inside scoring presence that they need for scotty to work off of jordan's like more of a slasher but gets the ball around the perimeter a lot of the time and i think scotty needs somebody to work off the pick and roll on more of he he's really fast he gets to the gets downhill gets to the rim and i the more that they're able to get scotty three and give him the ability to get to the rim or pull up and shoot or make passes adding extra dynamics to the offense is important. And I think that will only get better as time goes one, because Scotty is going to adjust. The team is going to adjust, but also as they get healthier and somebody like Chapman coming in, being a good backcourt mate for Scotty or somebody like Liam being that pick and roll um, sort of player for Scotty as well is going to help him. He's going to be more efficient. And like you said, five and one with Scotty not playing as, as good as we know Scotty can, I think is a good thing Overall, because it can't get much worse than his performance so far. Um, but you know that he has the the skill to take over a game and carry them to victory when the when the schedule gets a little tougher.
0: Sam, one thing about you that people don't know, you are a hoops junkie. You spend a lot of time watching games on ESPN3 and staying up late and just watching anybody and everybody. And one thing you said to me when you started working for us is you saw a lot of Liam Robbins – Last year, what does a healthy Liam Robbins give them that they could really use right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I cannot rant or rave or what. like Liam Robbins is going to matter. He's going to make the team so much better. Like you said, uh, I've seen a lot of him. I'm a big 10 basketball fan by trait. I grew up watching Illinois. I still watch Illinois when they play. When, when Liam was at Minnesota, he caused all kinds of trouble in the big 10 and the big 10 was nasty last year. And they've got some of those true centers, Kofi Coburn, Zach Eadie at Purdue that, that really make a difference. And Liam was right there with them. Um, when he went down Minnesota, it, it showed he's a rim protector, one of the best rim protectors in the entire country. And he's just a presence having so much size, so much force. It forces a defense to think about him. Melora Brown's gotten the ball a, a couple times so far this year, and nobody really cares when he gets the ball. Cause they aren't threatened by his ability to score. Um, Liam is just a force. And when when he gets out there, not only is he going to help further uh, improve the defense, which seems crazy that their defense can get even better as a rim protector, but then also just spacing the floor and and allowing for Jordan to, to kind of be on the wing and be a slasher that gets to the hoop. And uh, also allowing miles studi, as we saw who scored a bunch of points from the three point line in the last game, you're allowing him to kind of live out there a little bit more. Miles doesn't have to live on the post. He can live around the three-point line, trusting that Liam is down low. Liam can be the force down there, and he's on the glass uh, well. So he'll improve the rebounding, he'll improve the shot blocking, and he'll give your playmakers, who are your shooters and shot creators, more space to work. Um, But, yeah, really can't emphasize enough how much he mattered for Minnesota. Um, I wrote about it in my preseason write-up just their difference in record when he was on the floor versus not on the floor and losing his IQ and his body uh, brought down that team.
0: Sam, um, you mentioned Miles Studi. What are you seeing from Miles when it's going well and when he's not? Because it's been really hit and miss for him right now.
1: I think it's been a confidence thing for miles to be honest and talking to miles after the career high 20 point performance, I was like, Hey, what, what was working for you? And he didn't even have an answer for me. He just said, I felt good. They were finding me. I kept shooting it. It kept going in. So I kept shooting it. And that's uh that, that's kind of what miles needs to do. If I'm being honest, I think miles is a, a guy who works on momentum. He works on his own confidence. And once he sees one go down, he's okay to pull the next one. Um, But also, like I said, I think miles is more comfortable shooting the basketball is kind of a stretch for than he is being a post player. Who's trying to, to bang, uh, bang down low to get baskets. Um, So I think as he goes, as he develops, gets these quality minutes. um, And as, Everybody focuses on Jordan. Everybody focuses on Scotty. I think the pressure is completely off Miles, and the more he hits these shots and is more comfortable on the outside, it'll just allow him to work. But so far, I think it's been a confidence thing for him, and uh, games like he had against Mississippi Valley State are going to go a long way to his development and him being a regular
0: scoring threat. Sam, I've got a few questions from listeners out of the mailbag if you're ready for that. Yeah, of course. All right, our mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Okay, Brain13 says, let's say Liam Robbins returns. Where do you play Man? once he doesn't have to be an undersized five, and does he keep his minutes?
1: Um, I do think he keeps his minutes. I think, you know, Jermaine Mann has been – yeah, a huge part of this team. He's an energy for one. Um, if I'm being honest, I think he stays in his exact same role right now. You keep. I, w- I would start uh, with Lawrence unless you're uh, bringing Chapman back. But you got to have Scotty. You got to have Jordan. You got to have Miles, and and I'd have uh, Liam down low. I think uh, Malora Brown is more likely to see a reduction of minutes than Jermaine is, just because I know Stack has been really impressed with Jermaine's level of energy and his consistency. He's a guy who uh, can score quickly, can rebound quickly, but he's played good defense and brings a level of athleticism to the team, uh, which is something that stack has emphasized a lot throughout the season that they've worked on getting more athletic um, and wanting to be able to hang with some of these crazy talented sec teams just with their athleticism. So I'm not sure I'd see a ton of reduction for Jermaine. Um, Maybe, maybe just a little bit as far as the rotation goes, but I do think Quentin is more likely to see uh, his role kind of diminished by that return.
0: Okay, another one from Brain13. I'm super excited about Tyron Lawrence after seeing his improvement in six games. Do you share my enthusiasm? His size and athletic ability are unlike most guards we've had, and he seems to have the potential to shoot as well.
1: Yeah, I mean Tyron Tyron's an interesting case study. Um like everybody's been kind of raving about him recently. He definitely has the build for a player that can develop. Just looking from his game to game, seeing his 20 point performance against Winthrop obviously showed like hey, this kid is a player and and he can fill it up, but Six four, good athleticism, can shoot. I think he's just another another one that the the less pressure they put on Tyron to uh, to succeed, the more he will succeed. Um, I think he's in a good spot behind Scotty and behind uh, Rodney when he comes back. I actually think that'll be more of an interesting conversation than the Jermaine Man one with with Liam. Uh, Stack has been talking about how excited he is for Rodney all year to get on the court. And he wanted to start Rodney. Tyron has held his own and, and really fit in well with these starting groups. He, he's not the most established and best passer on the floor. I will say not a great distributor, but he can score and he's athletic. Um, so I do think you are totally okay to be excited because once Scotty goes, once some of these other guys move on, you're going to need a dominant guard. Gabe Dorsey has shown a, a, a little bit of promise. Shane Dazoni obviously is crazy athletic, but I do think the future of that backcourt is bright in the hands of Tyron Lawrence, and he's getting good experience now, maybe a little bit quicker than uh, Vandy originally anticipated.
0: You know, I'm guessing if they get everybody back and healthy, I don't know that how much these five guys will be on the floor together, but their best five – and you're lacking in height here, which is not super unusual in, in this day and age, but you do have Robbins to make up for it. I think a I think a Pippin Lawrence, Chapman, Wright, Robbins combo could be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that too is what kind of what I was you know, seven feet two hundred and fifty pounds for Liam Robbins. That level of size gives you the flexibility to really do whatever you want with the other four spots. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of two big men uh, on the floor, in most college basketball teams. So you can run a small lineup with Liam down there. That's how big and how impactful he is uh, shooting the basketball and, and just kind of as a presence down low.
0: Viewperior asks, have you spent any time in the crow's nest? Sounds like the media is back there now, uh, which I think any use of that space is a good idea. He says, yes, we have been in the crow's nest. And it is, I'm going to guess, the furthest (laughs) you've ever sat away from the court in terms of height at a basketball game.
1: Yeah, uh, the crow's nest is interesting uh for sure every game up in the crow's nest nest to watch and i originally was uh, a little bit like ah the crow's nest we're getting sent far away i'm kind of loving it right now uh the height of it is very interesting and unique to watch a game but i think it helps me just from an analytical standpoint being on top of the court i see passing lanes i see operate like who's cutting where bare passes are going and I can break down the defense and an offense a little bit better from the vertical point of view than I can from say being court side. And that's really helped me. I, I kind of see the way that stack is running his offensive configuration and the traps that they run defensively and being able to break that down. It's almost like looking at a board of X's and O's and I'm seeing it play out in front of me. So I've been a fan. It's a unique angle, uh, but I like, I do think it helps with the analytical side of the game.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think you can see a lot of things up there. Now, you can see, when you're on the floor, you see it in a different way. And we used to be right on the floor, which was kind of nice. The third one, the third option for press, and it's where I've been most of my time, it's been in one of the suites behind the chair back seats. I think they're using those now probably for uh, for fans and for donors. So I, I'd, 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 To me, I'd rather be either high up where we are or on the floor, Uh, No, the problem with being where we are this year is that they've got those banners that block everything. And you just feel like you see the game well, but in terms of the atmosphere in the gym, uh, it's really, you you feel like you're almost separated from it in some ways because you can't see, you know, at least half the crowd.
1: Yeah, you can't really see the scoreboard too often. So that is a little bit of the downside. Yeah, I just. Um, it is different, for sure. You're definitely separated from the arena a little bit more than, than you are sitting, of course, like right on the sideline or something like that. But it is an interesting angle. I think everybody should watch at least one basketball game from right above it because uh, uh, you might see a little bit that you never noticed before.
0: Hey, Sam, appreciate your time today. Just curious if you have any parting thoughts or topics that we didn't hit that are worth discussing.
1: Um. I mean I I think just going forward these next few games are going to gonna tell us a lot. You mentioned just early on what my thoughts were about about teams and it's very hard to gauge at this point in time, but I think you're kind of going through a gauntlet right here. That's going to teach you a lot about your team, SMU temple, and especially the home game against Loyola Chicago coming up on December 10th. These are teams that usually make a push for the tournament or at least right on the bubble and have had tournament success. So you want to see how your defense holds up against the best. And obviously Loyola Chicago is an elite defensive team in their own right. They, uh, stifled Illinois in the in the tournament one of the best teams in the country in the NCAA tournament last year and, and they've had a few big wins already this year so if you want to see if the team can score um, these are going to be a few big games to tell you what you have but then of course stack mentioned Rodney's been moving around a little bit um, and trying to get back into onto the court and into practice and stuff and he hopes that uh, both Robbins and Chapman can be backed by SEC play Um, So just continuing to watch their development and their progress with injuries and how they how they're kind of um, getting ingratiated with the team and with the coaching staff. But a a few big games coming up. We're going to learn a lot about, you know, if this team can legitimately make a run late into
0: March. Well, and I'm guessing you're pretty familiar with Loyola being from Chicago.
1: Yeah, I've seen a. Couple guys on that team were high school teammates or uh, high school uh, opponents of mine, so I'm very familiar with uh, a, lo- a lot of their roster. And those are those are some gritty basketball players. They do it the right way, and you know I'm that that'll be a fun one. I think it might look a lot like VCU with with not too many points and a lot of steals and blocks. But um, you know, winning these games if you can. If you can win these games, I'm not too worried about the offense going forward because at the end of the day, a defense can take you a long way in March, especially in the, uh, the Grand Prix-style format that is college basketball.
0: Well, Sam, it's been fun. Looking forward to doing another one of these with you next week, and certainly we'll, we'll hit Loyola at that time. But before you leave, tell people where they can follow you on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Uh so I'm on Twitter, uh Sam underscore Phelan. Last name is uh P H A L E N. So I'm tweeting my uh my write ups every time. I'm tweeting Chicago sports, kinda of being obnoxious about that pretty regularly. <laughs> so if you uh you might have to put up with that a little bit. But I'll be tweeting uh, a lot of bandy basketball, especially as they get into some of these important games. I'll try and have some live tweets from the Crow's Nest as well. Um once uh once we build that bandy following a little bit. But yeah. I'll be on there and uh, continue looking up for the write-ups and, and, and some of the, uh, the game breakdowns that I'm coming out with.
0: And just for clarity's sake, it's White Sox and not Cubs, correct?
1: It is always White Sox and maybe a Cubs hate tweet every once in a while there. But I'm, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be tweeting a lot of obnoxious White Sox and Bears, Bears stuff for, for all my Chicago friends that are on the, on the Twitter sphere. But i uh, going to get more involved in the Vandy stuff as we go. So, yeah, check me out on there.
0: Yeah, I'll not tell my family about that. My in-laws are all Cubs fans, so we'll just keep that between us. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Sam, it's been fun. We'll catch you next week. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk, and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring This podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70.